This is Author Talk, presented by Author House, the leading provider of services to help authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. Author Talk is a show about new books and the authors who wrote them. It's an opportunity for prospective readers to hear directly from the writers, to hear what inspired them to write and publish, and to hear all the inside details about their books. Here is Author Talk. Greetings for Author Talk. This is Jay Douglas Barker. The book title is The Tipper Chronicles, a memoir of our beloved Corgi. And joining me from the Northwest is the author, Hollis Williams. Welcome, sir, to the program. Hey, good. Good morning. Yes, it is. And a great day. Uh, many of us in the United States uh, where this is being recorded are in what's called quarantine. Uh, this interview, fortunately, will last for years and years and years. So by the time maybe some of you listen to it, uh, we'll be out of quarantine and on our way. Uh, sir, Hollis, where is, uh, what is the, the background of Tipper? I understand uh, from reading your book, a very beloved, a beloved member of your family. Well, we I happen to have a kind of a freak uh, inquiry with uh, the one ads in the paper about 15 years ago, and uh, ran across some uh, dogs for sale, some corgis, Pembroke corgis, and uh, our, uh, our uh, the dog we had had, a Sheltie, had uh, died recently, and I was thinking about replacing the dog, but um, with with something, and this corgi kind of caught my eye, and I ended up uh, getting her. Yes. And uh, it started a a wonderful experience of uh, 14 years of uh, a rare animal loose in our house. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Queen has a couple of those loose in her uh, residence, I believe, as well, the Queen of England. Yeah, we had had had, uh, herding dogs before. We had had Shetland sheepdogs, but never a corgi. I'd always admired them, and I had a friend who had one. But I didn't know the breed very well, other than I just thought they were they were attractive and charming and 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 fun. And so I ended up getting one. And uh, I really I got kind of got myself in trouble uh, in that I inquired about this dog without my wife knowing Uh-oh. about it. Uh-oh. And uh, had a had a, a verbal contract with the with the owner not to make any calls to me till I had a chance to go out there and look and see if I wanted to get another dog. And one day uh, she got tired of fooling with me and uh, and uh, called up when I wasn't home and talked to my wife, who was quite surprised by mm-hmm. it. And when I got home, I had uh, I got pinned to the wall and, and reprimanded. <laughs> and then we, we, we ended up uh, going out that, that evening about 40 miles in rush hour traffic and seeing the dog and fell in love with her and brought her home. Beautiful. To give a little background of the corgi, it is more than just a pet, at least what you've described. Is it also part of the herding dog uh, history? Right, right. It's, uh, it's part of the herding dog history. They, they uh, you know, basically herd, herd, the, herd sheep and guineas and uh they just have uh, have all those kind of instincts and traits that go with that kind of activity. But uh, um, living in a high rise and an urban environment, we don't have too many uh, things to herd. <laughs> too many animals to herd. She would herd people. She would herd friends really? that came over for something. And uh, anyway, she was 
fascinating you have yeah you have 60 pages and again uh my anticipation was that this book might be a book that's uh, maybe directed towards children or a younger audience but i was uh, pleasant pleasantly surprised it uh, really is a narrative of your experience with a corgi and it does have photos in it uh, but it really is a wide appeal book i would say right right i had thought i guess one of the challenges i had of kind of deciding what slice I wanted to, to have editorial was to write the book. And so uh, we uh, went through the children's thing and the dope book and so forth and ended up with the style I had, which had uh, a kind of universal appeal to anybody who's a, a dog lover. Yes. And, one of the one of the chapters or one of the areas that you highlight is the hidden cost of street food. And I... Uh, briefly breeze through that share with my listeners perhaps uh, whether they have a corgi or just uh, a regular pet i mean a regular a non-registered uh, mutt what would you suggest or say is the hidden cost of street food well uh, she was low to the ground and had a great sense of smell and she would find morsels in the grass we live in a pretty active urban environment between uh you know, a, a shelter and a emergency hospital, and uh, there's always there's always some food on the mm-hmm. in the grass or on the sidewalk, and she frequently will uh, get it before we even know it's it's there. Mm. And she one time got this uh, got some kind of a morsel and ate it, and three or four days later she was sick and very lethargic, and we took her to the uh, to the vet, and the, and and they determined that she had a obstruction in her bowel and, and would die if we didn't have surgery. Wow. And so we had uh, we had an operation. She had an operation. And I said, well, what in the world could she possibly have eaten? And they said, it was such a foreign object that we have no... We have no idea what <laughs> what in the world it could have been. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we've... I said, oh, come on now. You've seen all kinds of things. And they said, no. It was something so incredibly uh, odd that we we have no idea what what it was so uh, did you did you uh indulge your pet with scraps from the table i have neighbors that are well, we, very adamant about well, it occasionally, occasionally we would have a mm-hmm. but she pretty much uh, she had sensitivity to uh certain kinds of uh, dog food and different kinds of things and so she had a, a regular kind of diet that she had she ate duck duck uh, a duck and pear food or duck and, and uh, pumpkin hmm. and if she didn't have that she had had a lot of kind of problems with her skin and her digestion but uh, but she uh, she she never never found uh, anything that was edible that wasn't attractive. So she would <laughs> stare us down frequently for all kinds of things. Oh, my. What what did you find to be the most charming about uh, about your pet, about uh, Tipper? And uh, what is it? Was it unique to the Corgi, or is it just her personality, do you think? Well, I think uh, generally they're, they're loyal and uh, affectionate and playful and clownish. And she had all those features, but... She had uh, she had a couple of uh, kind of unusual habits. She would she would love to run down the hall and drop uh, on the floor 
and scoot herself with her back legs along the baseboard till she got to the opening of a room, and then she would flip over and turn her head and anchor herself and just lie there for about 30 minutes. Wow. And uh, it was just incredible to watch. <laughs> she also played games with food, I understand. Yeah, she did. She did. What, what is it about she, peanuts that attracted her? Well, I don't know what it was about peanuts, but we went away one evening, and uh, my wife left some, oh, you know, some some peanuts in the shelf on the or kind of ballpark package, and uh, they were in a little dish on the on the sofa, and I mean on the coffee table, and she she uh, we came back, and uh, I said, "What in the world is that on the floor?" And it was a whole bunch of peanut shells, and she had evidently uh, put one foot on the coffee table and picked each one off out of the bowl, set it on the floor, cracked it, and ate the nut out of it, wow. and left a pile of shells. Incredible. And I don't know what there was about that, but uh, uh, that attracted her, but she she uh, she ate about 15 or 20 peanuts. That's incredible. And now, as a, as a pet, was the corgi difficult to get on the same page with or, or get her on the same page as she should have been as far as uh, manners and, uh, and you know, in, in inside uh, correct behavior? Well, she uh, occasionally would. Uh, we we worked pretty hard with her. We, we sent her through some uh, behavior training, and we worked pretty hard with her to, to um, tame some of her... Uh, erratic behaviors but uh occasionally she would uh and she, she did well she did well but occasionally she would she would get her back up about something and she would not not cooperate at all and she was very strong strong-willed and if she wanted to go a certain way and we wanted to walk the other way she had uh, what i call the gandhi uh gandhian passive resistance <laughs> Lie, lie down on the sidewalk uh, and just glue herself to the sidewalk and then if we tried to get her to move well she she would not and then she would end up just rolling over oh. and uh, you'd have to, you know you the, the alternative was to drag her somewhere which was not acceptable oh. but she had to kind of work that out before she would cooperate but all this all of your life all of your adult life at least you've been a pet parent our first uh, our first pet uh, we had some what I call former friends who gave us a uh, four-month-old Shetland sheepdog puppy as a wedding gift, mm. and uh, <laughs> we've had a we've never been without a dog. That's incredible. And why is it that Tipper, to you, uh, stood at the to- at the at the top of the heap? And uh, why did you desire to write her story? Well. Um, she she was just lots of fun. She had such an just a you know, um, rewarding and uh, a wonderful personality, and uh, and the, her her mannerisms and her and her appearance and everything. She was uh, just a very unique soul, and uh, I would have stories and share stories about her with some friends, and then we had uh, neighbors in our apartment uh, in condo that uh, would observe her and uh, make comments about her. And then I would tell some story, other stories about her. And they said, Williams, you you need to write a book about that dog. That, she's just fascinating, fascinating. <laughs> and so 
my wife, I talked to my wife and said, well, we should. Mm. As a tribute tribute to her and just to encapsulate all the experience we had with her. And so uh, I began to put incidents on little note cards and uh, for a year or so I collected them and added, my wife helped me add to them. And so finally I decided, I'm just going to write this up, just if, if nothing other than for my for my own children and some friends. And so oh, that's fabulous. what I did. Uh, how long did it take Hollis to assemble everything? It took me about a year and a half. Year and, a half. Uh, and then I had uh, I worked for the Hugo House, which is a writer's uh, uh, resource center here in Seattle. And I had a... Uh, a um, one of one of their one of their writers who works with people about their book, and she did some work on it, and then I ended up um, going with somebody at Author House, and, um, and then I wrote the I wrote the you know wrote the book and to see about getting it published. It's it's a charming tale, uh, if I may use the word tale. I guess that would be appropriate. Uh, lots of uh, interesting insight into the personality of your pet. Tipper, now you are a retired pastor or minister, if I understand right. your background. Are you planning to write more books? I don't think so. I'm. I'm I don't. <laughs> um, I don't think I have another. You know, another book in in me. Hmm. Uh, but uh, some people encouraged encouraged me. You know, my son first encouraged me to write a book about this dog. He said you ought to write a book about all the dogs we've had. And so, I don't think I'm going to do that, but uh, this was fun, and it was a goal I had, and I, so I stuck with it and got it got it accomplished. This pet of yours was a herding dog. She was a she was a herding dog. Pembroke Corky's a herding dog. They herd uh, sheep usually, and uh, so she has a great instinct toward uh, uh, managing uh, moving objects. And so we live in a high-rise uh, retirement center in, in Seattle. On the twentieth floor, facing the regional trauma center, mm. and from time to time, um, a helicopter, would, ambulance would come in, and she didn't like that. And she started coming in, and it didn't make too much noise coming in. We're about two blocks away from it, so three blocks. But when he went off, uh, that that motor and uh, rotor would bounce off the bricks uh, of surrounding buildings and make a tremendous noise, and she would run into the bedroom and dance on her back feet and <laughs> bark at it and bark at it until she chased it away. Oh, that's <laughs> fascinating. You have some beautiful photos, too, I might add, in your book. Congratulations on completing this. The title of the book, again, is The Tipper Chronicles, A Memoir of Our Beloved Corgi. And joining me from up in Seattle, Washington, in the United States of America, is the author... Hollis Williams. Hollis, where do we get copies? Well, it's available, uh, you know, on through Amazon Books and uh, Barnes and Noble. Uh, they have paperback and available, and then it's an ebook. Excellent. And have you started a website as yet? No, I haven't. Not yet, but perhaps in the future, listeners, you can look under the author's name, H-O-L-L-I-S, last name Williams, and find this book. And if something else pops up in the future, I'm sure he would love to get you acquainted with it. Mr. Williams, thank you, sir, for joining me today and sharing your story. All right. Thank you. Enjoy talking with you. Well, my pleasure. For Author House and Author Talk, this is Jay Douglas Barker. You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages. Congratulations on getting your book published. The effort you put into your work is truly commendable. But what's next? What will happen to all the knowledge you have worked so hard to acquire to produce your book? 
Here at TogiNet Radio, we can provide you a platform to keep your knowledge working for you through the power of podcast. The subjects our podcasts cover are as varied as the grains of sand on a beach. From life coaching to military resources to business success, even to the paranormal. We have a place for everyone. To get started on your next step, call Scott at 903-787-5880 or email him at scott at toginetradio.com. That's S-C-O-T-T at T-O-G-I-N-E-T-R-A-D-I-O dot com. Welcome back to Author Talk, brought to you by Author House. Helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. Greetings for Author Talk. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book is titled The Arrangement. And joining me from up near Kansas City in uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Is it Missouri or in uh, Kansas? It's Missouri. It's Missouri. Is my author, Wayne McFall. Welcome, Wayne, to the program. Thank you. You have uh, been an author for a while. This is the first national release that you're proud of, I'm assuming, from our early conversation. You've uh, authored two other books. Have you always had a desire or a passion for writing? Somewhat, yes. I've, um, I've Early on in my life, my mom gave me a journal, and um, I just started journaling, and she was a bit of a journalist or journal writer herself, and I guess that's how I became to like writing. It's 132 pages. It is a, uh, how would you describe it, a mystery novel or, or an adventure novel? What would be the best genre to put it into? I would, I, um, when people ask me that, I say it's a bit of a romance with adventure and drama, and then people decide, they go, oh, really? So, but yeah. Well, the old re- the old really is a good thing, especially after they've written uh, after they've read the book. Uh, your your characters are, are uh, highly developed. You have uh, described this as a book that would fit a uh, a wide audience. Uh, is that still correct? Do you still feel like a younger audience would enjoy this as much as uh, an older, uh, maybe more settled individual adult? Yes, it's in a wide variety of age gap of age group, and so I've had older and younger people read it, and they've all enjoyed it. How would you describe your primary, uh, not protagonist, but your hero in this book? Well, as you've seen in movies, sometimes the the hero is, you know, like Batman. You know, they're not the greatest person, but it's the main character is a guy, and he meets a girl, and um, he thinks that they have things in common. But um, she, as their as their relationship moves along, um, she's not as great as he thinks she is, and. Uh, so that has a, not the best impact on him. There are a lot of uh, individuals. In fact, I have family members that could relate to that storyline. You have on the picture, on the on the uh, cover, a sketch of an aircraft, and also uh, a, an individual looks like they may be from Japan. Is that also uh, an accurate description of the content? Somewhat. It, ha- it deals with airplanes, and then um, I, I just like that picture. There is a portion that relates to Japan. And I liked that picture of um it, It's a small portion of it, but I, part of it is I just like that picture. When you began to write this, uh, as as you mentioned, you have written two other novels or two other uh, other works that uh, have not been widely released. This one is the first one that you're, I, I'm guessing, proudest of at this point. Yes. Did you did you write yes. from an outline? Uh, did you write from uh, just inspiration and begin the story and let it carry you? How did you uh, approach this? 
somewhat wrote itself. Um, I began with an, an idea, and um, I did not really have an outline. It, you know, like I said, when people say that wrote itself, it really did. I just sat down and started writing, and um, it just wrote itself mostly. The the characters uh, you talk even about uh, them looking about uh, maybe relating back to high school and uh, some other uh, instances in this book. Was there a specific scene that is uh, or was very exciting for you to write, and it just carried you into the action? Um, there is a point where an airplane um, has a, a crash landing that crashes into a school bus, and. Um, wow. It's that's hard to imagine or believe, but uh, that's the way it worked out. Do you unfortunately be- for some? Do, do you believe this is more of a fantasy tale? In other words, uh, when they read this, are they going to say, "Well, that's that's not plausible," or are they going to look at the storyline and and the characters and think, "I can relate to that." The person that it's based on read it, and um, she said it was unrealistic. But um, I don't think any person wants to read a book about something that is realistic. Nobody wants to read a book about a person getting up, brushing their teeth, going to work, coming home, and going to bed. <laughs> uh, it, so it's, it's, it's an extrapolation of reality. Uh, Joanne, is that the character you're referring to? Yes. 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 Now, she's, uh, she's a, uh, the, the main, uh, main character in your novel. You mentioned uh, on the opening scene of this, which would uh, relate nicely to a movie or maybe a story of the week, if it was ever uh, ever put together in uh, script form. You talk about automobiles and other things that would be of interest to guys as well. Now, is she the driver? Because you don't exactly, uh, you don't exactly tell me, you no, know, it is a man that, that, that is your, your, your primary or the first person introduced in your book, uh, talking about them uh, driving a, a Dodge Viper. I think every, yeah. guy, every guy in the universe can relate to the desire to have a fast, and loose automobile like the Viper. Uh, is that a car that you own, perhaps? Or is it also part of your imagination? Um, I, I, I myself had a Lamborghini for a couple of years, but um, I didn't want to use something so exotic as that. So I um, used a Dodge Viper as a, as a step down from a Lamborghini. Uh, yeah, that would be a nice step down. I one of my one of my uh, one of my children at one point owned a Viper, but uh, didn't uh, keep it long. I think it was a little. They are obtainable. Le- they are obtainable. Yeah, a little little too exotic for for I think uh, long term use. He drives pickup trucks now. now uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, that's you know sometimes um, sometimes you want something like that in your life that you've had at one time and been there, done that. Yes, as as a an author. Uh, what is your hope for this book besides uh, making the top ten or the New York Times uh, list? I enjoy just people reading it and um, people commenting on it, writing reviews on it. It's my greatest joy to be able to read reviews from somebody, even if they did not like it. It's um, a book is like your child, and um, hopefully people talk speak well of it. But if they don't, that's that's fine too. I have no qualms with that. Beautiful. Uh, most authors just want to be noticed, and uh, that would obviously be a way to address that. You mentioned Mount Rushmore in your work as well. How does that fit into the story? They um, they take a road trip to Mount Rushmore, and um, the, um, it, there's a bit of a pinnacle when um, she has a computer that she um, sits close by, and he finds a um, plastic case that looks like her case. And while they're at Mount Rushmore, he uh, chucks it 
out and up onto the rocks, and it just explodes into a rain of plastic charts, and she thinks it's the actual computer, mm. so she goes after him, and they have a, a battle right there at um right there at Mount Rushmore. A very uh, graphic, at least visually, as you've described it. The um, book itself uh, covers several different locations. Uh, what share with my listeners uh, some of the other uh, settings for this uh, this story? They go to Washington D.C. to um, view uh, um, she um, the dad homeschools the daughter, and um, her name is Maris. And um, part of the homeschooling in is they. Um, they go to Washington D.C. to um, see the, our right to protest, and then um, they also visit um, Arlington because um, Joanne's father is buried there. He was a former military pilot. Beautiful. And uh, they they go to they go to Disney World, and um, they go to spring training. She's a pilot, and so they travel quite a bit. But they they also go to California to see a TV show be taped. Fascinating. You have mentioned this is a love story. It sounds like there's some conflict between your main characters. Uh, was there anything about writing that part of the novel that was a challenge to you? Some of them. Some of the dialogue actually occurred. It's based on an actual person, and um, so some of the dialogue did actually occur. Was there anything else that was a challenge? You mentioned that uh, two other books or two other novels have been uh, penned by you. Uh, this is the one that you're proudest of, of course, since it's the third and uh, the most widely distributed. Any other challenges as far as the uh, the, the process of getting it printed and getting it edited? And, and uh, was that a long and tedious process for you? Not per se. I mean, it, it, t- it took me about a year. I've heard people say that it takes about nine months to write a book, which is how long it takes to birth a baby. It's, it's a process, the writing and the editing. And it's, you got, it's, not, it's, very, it's, it's difficult to sniff out all the um, typos and, and, and the errors because in the process of writing in your mind, you, you know what you want it to say, and when you read it, you think it says what you want it to say but your mind just blanks out the errors, so it's not easy to sniff out all the errors. That would, that would be very time-consuming and a challenge for sure. Uh, is there an underlying message or theme that kind of uh, percolated to the surface? Uh, once it was completed, you look back and say, you know, that was a pretty neat idea or a pretty good bit of inspiration. I am... Um... I um after I read it um there's a phrase from Gone with the Wind you can't choose who you love and um I thought that was poignant but that's I didn't think of that while I was writing it but that that's uh that Rhett Butler says that about a Scarlett O'Hara and I, it's pretty accurate. Would you consider this a uh, a book with a positive ending that may have a sequel? It does have a positive ending and um person or two told me that oh i should write a sequel but i i don't really know where i would go with it you know i did, I, I thought a little bit about that and but um it, it kind of ends on a high note and um you know they they lived happily ever after i guess i shouldn't say that but um <laughs> you know, I, you know it, it's you know it, it 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 ends on a high note. Beautiful. And, uh, well, some some authors will take a uh, a finish like that and then go back uh, maybe earlier in their relationship and and do a sequel that uh, starts earlier than uh, than this I, book con- con- concludes. That'd be a prequel then. Yep. I don't know. It's kind of like if you've watched Star Wars when that movie yep. is over 
it's over. <laughs> right. But um, they um, then they you know they all lived happily ever after. But then they thought, let's make some more money, right. and so they have to figure out a different problem. So. Yep. But well, uh, I just don't want to put them through anything more. They've gone through the ringer, and um, I think they've had enough. Well, congratulations on completing this one. The title of which is the arrangement. My author Wayne McFall, M C. F-A-L-L. Wayne, my listeners should get a copy of this. What is the the best way for them to obtain a copy? You can go to Amazon.com or um, Barnes & Noble, or you can go to Author House. I also have a website, thearrangementbook.net, and there's a a book trailer for it, so you can see a little video of it. Fabulous. Well, thank you for joining me today and sharing your story. Again, the title, The Arrangement, my author, Wayne McFall. And people, you can, uh, I mean, listeners, you can uh, do a search under his name. And uh, when the next book is released, which I think will happen in the near future, uh, you can find out about the storyline and uh, the, the, the characters that he develops in that. Thank you, Wayne, for sharing your story today. For Author House and Author Talk, this is Jay Douglas Barker. <laughs>